Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, international breaks, always great to get some life admin done, aren't they? So I got a haircut, did a bit of washing up and even took the time to take the bins out once or twice. So yeah, it's been a very productive couple of weeks. I'm glad to hear. Before we move on, though, would you like to make a full and frank apology to North Macedonia? Uh, I'll stop short of that. But what I will say to North Macedonians what are listening to the show is that I'm a, a very keen amateur vexillologist and I absolutely love the North Macedonia flag. So that is some scant consolation for them. There we go. I think we've smoothed over any issues that may have happened there. But last and certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, no spurs in the last seven days. So I'd imagine life has been rather calm this past week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, the international break's always kind of a welcome uh, welcome thing for Spurs fans, of course, with our form being softened down. But uh, yeah, of course, on last week, it, it does feel kind of we're on a hit list now with uh, obviously in Everton. I think we don't have many friends there with uh, some of the things we had to say about them. And now, uh, you know, we're on the hit list for North Macedonia as well. So, um, yes, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we're not going out of our way to purposely not make friends, but we seem to be doing that anyway. So let's try and be more friendly to everyone this episode. I can't guarantee that, but we'll do our very, very best. So that's the intros all out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's focus on the return of the Premier League. And it's fair to say that we're now at the business end of the season. Now, of course, a huge amount of focus will be on next Sunday. But before that, both Liverpool and Man City have to get to that clash unscathed. So with that in mind, let's start with Liverpool first. And James, they will look to make it 11 league wins in a row. And with the international break just finished, is that going to halt their momentum in any way? Uh, I don't think so, mainly because of how well they've done on the back of previous international breaks this season. They won four in a row after the first one in September, another four in October, and then it was eight on the spin in November. And with Watford visiting Merseyside, I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of resistance here. And Jamie, it is Watford who make the trip to Anfield on Saturday. And when you consider that they are seemingly better on the road than at Vicarage Road, can Roy Hodgson mastermind anything when he takes his team to Merseyside? Yeah, I think it's going to be unlikely. I think Liverpool will probably be too strong in this one. Um, obviously, at home as well, they've been fantastic. They've only dropped points in three games at home and they are undefeated. So I think Watford, they're going to face a very, very difficult Liverpool side, of course. You know, Liverpool, as you mentioned, they've been in absolute fantastic form recently. Watford, they have been good on the, uh, you know, on their, on their travels recently. However, they did just lose 4-0 uh, a few weeks ago against uh, Wolves. So, you know, maybe that's kind of something to counter that. But um I mean, the interesting thing might be Liverpool. They, of course, did have some very key players playing in some big World Cup qualifiers. So there might be kind of a bit of fatigue from some of them. You know, of course, yes, they're starting to build a big squad now. But a lot of those players are involved. There's like Jota, Salah, Mane, Diaz, uh, Fabinho and Alisson, both from Brazil as well. So, um, that you know, a bit of fatigue with the international break that could potentially play a part. But as I said, I think uh, Liverpool will be too strong for this one. Well, James, let's focus on the two biggest stars of Liverpool. They were both in action in midweek. They were both in action against each other. 
only one got to go to the World Cup. Will the extra time and penalties have any effect on their two performances come the weekend? Uh, I think it's unlikely and it's arguably the perfect game to rest one or indeed both of them. That said, I don't think Klopp will. I think he'll want to get that playoff game out of their systems, especially in the case of Salah. And I think Liverpool minus two and the handicaps is well worth considering it, even money. Well, Jamie, when it comes to the over-under on this one, usually three and a half as a total for Liverpool seems to be about the biting point for any kind of value. Do you reckon that will be the case at the weekend? Yeah, I, I, I think although Liverpool, as I said, I think they'll be too strong. I think that Watford will put up somewhat of a resistance. As you said, I think they have shown they've got the ability to do that. Of course, got that goalless draw um, fairly recently at Old Trafford as well. Um, so I think there will be kind of a resistance from Watford. Um, Liverpool, they haven't been so prolific as of late. They've only, you know, in the last seven matches, they haven't scored more than two goals. So I think there's definitely potential for kind of a, a low scoring match. Um, as mentioned as well, you know, they're top attackers. They have been heavily involved in um, international duty as well for Liverpool. Um, I think a 12.30 kickoff as well could potentially play a part. I think, you know, with that being the, one of the, you know, the second game of the weekend, you know, an early kickoff, I think that could maybe favour Watford. Um, as I said, you know, especially coming off the back of an international break. Um, so I, I kind of think for this one, I think, you know, Liverpool win and under 3.5 goals is probably good value at, at 75, fairly good value at 75. But I think over 3.5 goals is, is maybe, from, in, in my opinion, quite uh, unlikely. I guess, obviously, for both title chasing teams, goals are going to be important because it might be goal difference, which is the difference come the end of the season. But at the same time, with the circumstance of the international break, being the dividing line in what's happened in the last kind of month or so, you might have a feeling of just get the three points. We'll worry about the Etihad clash next week, but for this week, we need to just clear that hurdle. And that's probably the mindset of Pep Guardiola as well when he takes Man City to Burnley. So if we look at that clash also, James, is this going to be the place for Man City to get back to winning ways in the league? Or is Turf Moor going to be rather inhospitable and it could throw a wrench in City's title plans? Yeah, I mean, it's not as difficult a place to go to as Mongolia, but it does pose its challenges, certainly. Although Burnley have only two wins at Turf Moor all season and City are actually the best away side in the division. It's 11 wins and three draws from their 15 away games. And I think it's probably going to be business as usual for Pep's men. But one to four for an away win doesn't really do too much for me. But I think Burnley will make a bit of a game of it. So I'm going to go for draw half-time City full-time, which is actually a pretty decent price. It comes in at 16-5. to five. Do you know what? I really like the look of that because I think it might just be a little cagey. Man City in the back of their minds might be thinking of the week ahead. And again, it's a case of, OK, well, we know we've got extra gears. Burnley are obviously going to want to do everything they can to get points of their own. But I just feel it might just be that that extra gear eventually see City come clear in the end. But, Jamie, when we look at the title race itself, last week we spoke about the outright markets. We spoke about Liverpool being 14 points behind at one stage of the season. They're now one point. They could be top if results go their way at the end of this weekend. How big a seismic shift would that be in the title race? Would the mentality shift from Man City after being so dominant for so long, are they going to be used to playing catch-up if they need to? Um, I, I don't think if they, you know, if they were to maybe drop points on the weekend, I don't think that they're a side that would particularly be kind of, um, you know, damaged mentally. I think they're a side who kind of, they've got so much quality. I think they'll know that they'll be able to bounce back eventually. So I don't think Man City will ever be kind of affected mentally if, you know, if they were to suffer, um, you know, some sort of a blow during, in the next couple of weeks. But I think on the weekend with Burnley, I think, again, it'll be a case of Man City. They'll just be too strong. And I think Burnley have been really poor recently as well. We, of course, saw them lose 
2-0 in their last outing against Brentford, a game which, you know, if they have any real ambitions of staying up, they needed to get something out of that. They, of course, were just recently thrashed at home by Chelsea 4-0. They've lost to Leicester recently as well. So, you know, they end up having lost their last three matches. They're in really poor form. So I think Man City, they'll be too strong. And then, of course, you know, Burnley, they've got some important games on the horizon as well. So I think they'll be looking towards that as well. Um, they did have two of their key players involved in, uh, obviously, England versus Ivory Coast as well with Nick Pope and, and Maxwell Cornet. So potentially a bit of fatigue, but... Um, I, I think as well, you know, can they really afford any slip-ups? Can they afford to really prioritise other matches? Because, you know, they're, they're four points four points adrift. I think that, that they're in a position where they can't really afford to drop any points, even if it is Manchester City. So um, it'll be an interesting one, but I, I think Man City will have too much quality again. Well, James, when we look at trying to get your team back on track, Burnley have seemingly gone off the rails at just the wrong time. It's three league defeats in a row now. They are 8-13 to 13 on to go down at the time of recording. Is this now a literal fight between they and Everton for that final relegation berth? Uh, do you still think Leeds could be dragged back into it? Burnley have three games in hand over them, as do Everton. And to make things interesting, the Clarets and Sanatoff is actually play each other next Wednesday. So whatever happens, at least one of those will make at least some ground on Leeds. But I think there's one more rally in Burnley, potentially. They've got some winnable games coming up in the form of home matches against Everton, of course, and they've got Wolves and Southampton, as well as the trip to Norwich in mid-April. So I don't think they're quite dead and buried yet. Well, you mentioned Everton. Let's mention them in the context of Burnley, because as Jamie mentioned, Burnley and Everton go head-to-head next Wednesday. So by the time we record this, it's probably out of date. So let's focus on it very quickly now. Jamie, if you're Sean Dyche, are you going to rest players against Man City to try and be as full strength as possible for Everton, or do you not have that luxury? Do you have to go for every game between now and the end of the season and see what points you can get? Yeah, I, I just think they're kind of in a situation now where they, they have to go and get points in every match, really. But, I mean, in fairness, they have got some some decent fixtures coming up, of course, that, as you mentioned. You know, they go, you know, they've got the game against Everton. They've got the game against Norwich as well the following weekend as well. So those two games where, you know, they'll want to really have kind of their strongest size out for both of them and, and maybe be as fresh as possible. But, I mean, they've not really got a fantastic squad either. So, I think it's very tricky for Burnley to rotate anyway. So, I think we'll just see Sean Dyche go kind of with his with his full-strength side in, in all those three fixtures. And, you know, a Premier League side should be able to kind of withstand that intensity. They're not a, not a side who had many players go away on international duty. So, they should be pretty fresh. So, um, I, I think they'll kind of go for it in, in the, their next three games. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess also we have to remember that this isn't a Burnley team competing on multiple fronts. They don't have the worries of a Europa League campaign in the quarterfinals to also balance against it really, to a certain degree, is once-a-week football. I know they play Everton midweek, but primarily it's just the next game, the next game, the next game. So, as you say, Jamie, they shouldn't really need to sort of think about, okay, well, if we drop three here, we're better for Everton. I don't think they have that luxury. Right, where are we going to go next? We're going to go bet building. And this week, we're going to go to the Amex as Brighton play host to Norwich. So, James, as before, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you. What have you got for me on this one? Yeah, you've really spoiled me with this one, Dan. But I'm going to go for Neil Morpai and the Frenchman. He's on the cusp of what would be a pretty decent season for him. He's on nine goals so far, so he won't quite be satisfied with that. So there's still some motivation for him to go out and score a few more for the tally. We know that Norwich's defence isn't the best in the world. In fact, it's the second worst in the Premier League world. So a punt on a Brighton forward is perhaps the way to go here. And you can get more pie at 23-20 to 20 to score any time. Fantastic. And Jamie, I'd like to get the over-under on goals from you, please. 
Yeah, look, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals for this one. I think it will be a low-scoring match. Of course, Brighton and Norwich, they are two low-scoring sides. Um, Brighton, they've averaged 0.9 goals per game this season, so pretty low. And then Norwich as well, they've only averaged 0.62 goals per game. So um, two very low-scoring sides. And, you know, obviously James had the very uh, difficult uh, difficult thing of picking out a, a first goal scorer, anytime goal scorer. And I think that's the problem for both teams. I think they've got a real lack of kind of goal-scoring threat in front of goal. So, um, yeah, I think this will be a low-scoring one. And, and uh, I'm going for under 2.5 goals. Fantastic. I'm, once again, going to stick to the corners I think with it being low scoring, I don't think there's going to be many corners either. It could be a rather cage affair because these two teams have absolutely nothing in the way of form. So I usually go for around 10. I'm going to drop it down to 8 this week. So that's 8 corners at the Amex. And just to recap, James has gone for Neil Mopay to score any time in the match. Jamie has gone for under 3 goals in the match for both teams combined. And I've gone for under 9 corners in the match for both teams combined. And this week, the bet builder is a whopping 16 to 1. So if you put a fiver on, that's £85 in your back pocket should it go over the line. And we really hope it does get over the line. But let's focus on the game itself now. James, I must admit, it's not the most fascinating game of the Premier League weekend. But because of their lack of form, it also becomes quite interesting. Because Brighton have lost their last six. Norwich have lost their last seven. Can anyone find a win on Saturday? Well, if, if one side has to, then it's almost certainly Norwich. Yes, they're as good as down already. But in an April that also features trips to Manchester United and Aston Villa, they're quickly running out of winnable games. I do think there's something in it for them at Brighton. I wouldn't be too quick to back the Seagulls, who love to let down and accumulate when they're in good form, never mind when results have been poor. But I think it's worth a dabble on double chance here. I couldn't quite believe they're near two to one on offer for Norwich or draw here. And... You know what? All cards on the table, I don't think Brian are that good. I think they're a bit overrated. So I'm siding with the Canaries in this uh, bird derby to get something what I think will be an entertaining game, actually. I think we need to invest in some form of klaxon or something, like a double chance klaxon. And when you say it, it just makes a big noise. We might look into that. I don't know if the budget's there, but it's just an idea. Jamie, you could see Norwich raise their game for this one. They need to raise their game for this one. As I say, they've lost all of the last seven they probably are drinking in the last chance saloon at the moment. Surely they've got to raise their game for this one. Can they get three more important points? Yeah, I, I do think something's in there for them. Um, I think, you know, if they were to fail to win this one, I think that that would be a really, really poor result. I think that would pretty much, for me personally, would put them all but down. I think they've got to get a result here because Brighton, they're in such poor form at the moment. They're a side there who I think could be taken advantage of. Of course, they've lost all of their last six Brighton. Norwich, they have also lost all of their last six as well, so they're on the same run. But I think if they have any ambitions of, of trying to stay in the division, they've got to get something out of this one. Um, they do have a really decisive week. They've, of course, got Burnley next weekend as well, Norwich. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really... I think they've got to go and get maybe maximum points. You know, with the gap being at eight points, they've got to go and get six, I think, in the next two matches, really. I think these are two games where they've got to be looking at and thinking that they can get you know, get two wins. So, um, yeah, and especially having played, you know, two uh, two more games than Everton as well. Um, I, I think these two games have got to be wins to them. And if they don't get anything from Brighton, then uh, I think they're, they're all but down. Right, it's long shot Acker time. Unfortunately, no success last week. Ipswich beat Plymouth. So I know I let yourselves down. James, did yours come good? Sheffield Wednesday, Cheltenham, I think you had a big handicap. They still won quite convincingly. Yeah, they did in the end. I think it was... It was... Three or four in the end, actually. I think it was. As I say, a big win for Sheffield Wednesday, but not good enough for us. But let's put that to bed. Let's focus 
on this week. So, Jamie, I'll start with you. What's your long shot pick for this week? Uh, yes, I've gone for uh, Crystal Palace to earn a draw against Arsenal at home. Of course, that game on the Monday night. I think um, you know we saw in their last game at home as well at Selhurst Park against Man City. They're showing they're a really resilient side. Um, and I think this will be obviously one where Patrick Vieira facing his former side. Um, of course, his two sides did draw back in the em- uh, at the Emirates back in uh, October as well. So uh, I've gone for a draw in this one as well. And that's at 12-5. to 5. I like it. Palace, obviously, they put a twist in the title race. They could very well put a twist in the top four race as well. So keep an eye on that one on Monday night. James, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm sticking around in the Premier League as well. I'm going to go for Southampton to beat Leeds and for both teams to score as well at Ellen Road. Pressure is off the host of such after a couple of decent results, but they do have their injury problems. And with Southampton, a dangerous side on the day. I think they can bounce back from their poor run with a good result here. The away win and BTS doubles available at around 4-1. to one. Very good. I'm going to go for Norwich to win. A big, fat, juicy 7-1. to one. To be honest, I think Jamie said every reason I would have given I just think they need to win this one. They have to win this one. They've got any chance of staying in the Premier League. If they don't, I think it really is a case of not mathematically down, but as good as down. So I think it has to be full steam ahead on Norwich this week. I know Watford have come good in the last few weeks, but now I'm going to pivot to another struggling team because the win has got to come from somewhere. And I've got a sneaky feeling it might just come at the Amex. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's go around the Premier League now and sniff out some more value across the course of the weekend. Where should we go first? Let's go to Ellen Road as Leeds play host to Southampton. Now, James, I was going to ask you about Jesse Marsh trying to get a third successive win. I think you've just gone against that with your long shot, Acker. Is there any chance for Leeds at all or is there any other bet that takes your interest? Well, you're looking at about 7-5 to five for the Leeds win. Well, Southampton in 19-10 to 10 across the board. So it's a game that the bookies aren't too sure about. And I do get that. Both sides do blow hot and cold time and again. And they do have an element of unpredictability about them. Although I do give the edge to Southampton. With Leeds missing Patrick Bamford, you immediately lose a chunk of goals from this side. And also Rafinha hasn't been at his sparkling best. Just one goal in his last 13 games. So Southampton will look at that and think there's three points very much on offer. And I fancy him to get the lot. Okay then, Jamie, if we move away from the 1x2 market on this one, what other bets take your fancy before Saturday's meeting in West Yorkshire? Yeah, look, I've gone for potentially a half-time, full-time bet of uh, a draw and then a Leeds win, actually. Um, I think Leeds have been in, obviously, fantastic form recently. They've won the last two. Southampton, you know, they're a side that kind of dropped off recently. So I kind of see this as being maybe quite an evenly matched game. Um, but as I said, you know, a draw at half-time, Leeds win at full-time at, at 5-1, to one, um, which I think is fairly good value. Of course, Leeds uh, won late on in their last two matches, so they've kind of got that confidence as well. So um, I can maybe see a kind of a, a Leeds late winner here. So, um, yeah, that's why I've gone for half-time, full-time uh, bet of uh, a draw and then Leeds to win. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to back Leeds this weekend. Home advantage is always a help, but also I just have a sneaky feeling that Southampton have hit the beach Cup exit, form going cold in the Premier League, not really anything to play for now. And I think if you're a team striving to stay up, these are the perfect oppositions to go up against. And I just feel that Leeds have got that momentum. Of course, the international break could halt that. But as Jamie says, the manner in which they have won those two matches recently is going to be massive. I just think they might just edge that to a third at the weekend. But Jamie, I'll stay with you actually, because we're off to Molyneux next as Wolves play host to Aston Villa. Neither team has drawn any of their last six so they're perhaps due a draw, even though that's something they rarely do this season. So is this something that you could see on Saturday? 
Yeah, I mean, look, when I was kind of looking at this one, I was I watched Aston Villa last week and against Arsenal, of course, you know, desperately hoping that Arsenal would maybe drop points. But I thought Villa, they were just so poor and, and really didn't offer anything. So, I mean, that's quite a surprise. You know, you look at their team, they look like they've got a fairly good team there. Um, Steven Gerrard, of course, he, you know, he's done a fairly good job there at the start. So it's it's been quite disappointing how they have been over, over the last couple of weeks. So, um, But then Wolves the same. You know, they, of course, suffered that home defeat against Leeds in their last outing as well, you know, where they, they lost that two-goal lead. So they're a side that maybe aren't in the best way either. Villa, as I mentioned, they're in really poor form. They've lost four of the last seven. So, as I said, I think this could be a case where both teams do cancel each other out. So, I think you're right. Maybe a draw would be quite good value. Um, and that's at around 11-5, to 5, the draw. So, I think potentially that could be a good shout. It would be a good shout if it comes in, but it won't be good for Wolves if it does. Because, James, their European push has been derailed, shall we say, after that Leeds defeat. Something that they caused themselves, 2-0 up, then down to 10 men, and they just threw it all away. But... If they throw it all the way against Villa, or certainly don't get the better of them, will it be a case of eighth place at best come the end of the season? Uh, I don't think so. I think sixth is still very much a possibility of Manchester United being on a bit of a wobble. And also West Ham will surely have at least one eye on their Europa League campaign over the next few weeks, which can only aid a Wolves side that potentially a good April ahead of them face Villa. And then, of course, it's Newcastle, Brighton and Burnley. So plenty of points on offer. And I think their season's far from done for now. Optimistic if you're a Wolves fan there then. But let's go to Old Trafford next. James, I'll stay with you because Man United play host to Leicester. Now, United won their last league outing, but because they had a week off after that, they've now slipped down the table, if that makes sense. So can they win on Saturday and then ask a question of both Tottenham and Arsenal later that weekend? Well, they certainly can, but Leicester have been their bogey side in the last 12 months. They lost three games against them in the last year, including two Premier League games. And at 4-7, to seven, I don't really want anything to do with this Manchester United side this weekend. I'm much more inclined to go for Claxon time. Leicester will draw a double chance at 13-8. to eight. It's just two wins for United in the last six at home. And with the Foxes getting the better of them in recent meetings, I think they're a pretty good value pick this weekend. OK, then, Jamie. When you look at Leicester, it seems that they just cannot get their injury list any shorter. They get a name back, they add one to the list. It must be really frustrating for Brendan Rodgers. So how big of an issue is that going to be before Saturday's trip to Manchester? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they have been really unlucky with injuries this season. However, actually, they do have maybe four key players potentially coming back on the weekend. So that could give them a bit of a boost. Uh, Jamie Vardy and, and uh, Albrighton are both doubts, but they are quite close to returning as well. For Farner and Lookman, I think they're both kind of, both suffered kind of minor setbacks, but I think they're both going to be there. For Farner, of course, a fantastic defender. So I think he'll be, um, you know, he'll be key if they are able to get something. But Manchester United, of course, they got that big win against Spurs a few weeks ago. Cristiano Ronaldo really stepping up. Bruno Fernandes, of course, got a brace for Portugal against North Macedonia, um, the World Cup qualifiers. So maybe he's coming back into a bit of form. But I, I think Manchester United, they'll be. Uh, I think they'll get the better of uh, Leicester on the weekend. And uh, yeah, I think I'd back Man United to win this one. Okay, then before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both this week. Doesn't matter where it is in the world, I just want that outcome spot on. So, James, I'll start with you. What have you got for me? Okay, I'm heading back to Wanfield. I'm going to go for a 3 0 home win for Liverpool against Watford. The Reds score three fairly often at home, although they've scored four only once in the Premier League since November. So, they could well take their foot off the gas at three. And I can't see the Hornets packing much of a sting this weekend. See what I did there. You can get 3 0 Liverpool at around 17 to 2. An excellent use of Hornet and Sting. There's never enough of that. I love it. 
Jamie, what have you got for me, mate? All right, so I've actually gone for Liverpool-Watford as well. Um, I've gone for a 2-0 win for Liverpool. Um, you know, the Reds, they've been in fantastic form defensively. Um, they've got they've kept 10 clean sheets in the last 11 ma- and 12 matches. So um, I definitely can see them keeping another one here. Um, as I said, the last, the last two league wins have also ended with 2-0 victories. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, the last seven matches, they haven't scored over two goals. So they've not been in, in, in kind of prolific form recently. So... Um, and Watford, I think they'll look to kind of really frustrate uh, Liverpool. So I can see this being a slightly low-scoring match. But as I said, Liverpool, they'll be too strong for this one. And uh, yeah, I've gone for Liverpool to win 2-0 against Watford. OK, then. I don't usually offer up a correct score. But if we're focusing on this game in particular, why not? So if you've got 3-0 and 2-0 wins for Liverpool, I'll mix it up just a little bit more. I'll go for 3-1 win for Liverpool. I don't think a clean sheet will be on offer for the Reds at the weekends, but I still think it'll be three points. So let's see who's right come next week's show. But just a little bit more interest there on the Liverpool-Watford game. But I think we're all in agreement. A win's a win, and it's all full steam ahead. So that big clash at the Etihad next week. Right, and also, of course, check out freebets.com for all the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. OK, then, there's still a few more Premier League fixtures to digest. So let's go to Stamford Bridge next as Chelsea play host to Brentford. Now, Jamie, although Chelsea have very little to play for in league terms, their going concerns in the FA Cup and the Champions League means now is not the time to halt their momentum. Yeah, I think Chelsea, they're coming to this one in good form. Of course, they've won six games in a row now in all competitions. You know, under... I think... um, uh, Thomas Tuchel he's handled this situation really really well we, recently I think um, you know with the whole situation around Roman Abramovich and his ownership I think that's kind of been very difficult for them to manage but as I said they've won the last six so you know they are kind of really pulling together um, an interesting one I think Kai Havertz will be kind of the guy to keep an eye on on the weekend he scored four in his last three league matches um, he also scored for Germany on Saturday as well so potentially kind of a Kai Havertz first goal score at four to one is fairly good value, and uh, potentially any time goal score at four, uh, five to four as well. I think uh, Kai Havertz will definitely be the guy to look out for on the weekend. But I think, uh, you know, as I said, Chelsea they've looked really good recently, so uh, I, I think they'll they'll definitely get the better of Brentford. And James, when you look at Brentford, they have a habit of conceding two goals when they lose. And with that in mind, I like the look of Chelsea winning by a margin of two at the weekend. Is that something that also takes your fancy? I've got the other way, actually. I've got the reverse fixture firmly in mind here. And Brentford really pushed Chelsea close in the league meeting back in October. Edouard Mendy had to be at his absolute best to keep the bees at bay. And we've also got to bear in mind Chelsea's Champions League commitments in midweek. So they might rest one or two here now that they're out of the title picture pretty firmly now. So actually, like Brentford, plus two in the handicaps at four to five, which covers you against a slender one-goal defeat. And Chelsea have actually only won three of the last eight at Stamford Bridge in the league and just one of those victories came by more than one goal. So I think Brentford have a sniff of getting a surprise result here. Let's go across the capital now and fast forward a day later also. West Ham play host to our good friends Everton. James, what do you see as the tail of the tape at the London Stadium? Well, West Ham really should win. They're a far better side than Everton. They've won four of the last five at home while Everton are winless on the road since beating Brighton in August. Although that said... Everton did pick up three points the last time they visited London Stadium. And of course, West Ham have a bigger fish to fry in the shape of Leon next Thursday. So there could be one eye on that. And now I've got a weird feeling Everton might sneak a point here. They just have that knack of pulling out a result when the tide looks to be turning against them. They did that late on against Newcastle. And that could be the start of a mini run for them. A draw here is available at just shy of 3-1. to one. I think it's worth a small bet. Well, Jamie, we all know we've spoken about Everton's woes at length across this show. Again, apologies. But do you think the international break 
could at least afford Frank Lampard the opportunity to work with the squad, try and get some harmony. Obviously, he was very vocal in the criticism after that 4-0 defeat to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup. Now, of course, the FA Cup defeat doesn't do anything in terms of league points or positions, but the morale must have sunk after that game. Can he boost it before Sunday? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm still leaning towards West Ham kind of coming out on top in this one. Uh, I think the Hammers, they've undefeated in five games at the London Stadium. Um, I think... You know, as well, as you mentioned, that that heavy defeat against Crystal Palace, losing 4-0. I mean, regardless of which competition it's in, I think that that's going to be a, a major blow, blow for confidence. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still leaning towards West Ham. But I think, it was, as James said, I mean, I've, I've, I kind of had down here as well. Potentially a draw could be a good shout as well. Um, of course, with West Ham, they're going to have that full focus on the Lyon game. So, and, you know, you look at their European hopes now, I think it's looking fairly unlikely they'll they'll kind of make a, a you know a European spot in the Premier or in the Premier League. So um, their full focus will be on that Lyon match. So that could be potentially something for Everton. But I still think West Ham are too strong for them. And, and that, that 4-0 defeat against Crystal Palace, is, I think, will be a, a very big blow mentally for them. Well, this game will be the real acid test of Frank Lampard's comments against Crystal Palace because if they get even a draw, it can be viewed as a masterstroke. That he was public, but it was necessary and it gave the Everton players the proverbial kick up the backside. If they don't get anything, then you're sort of thinking, wow, this is a team which is really suffering. And for Lampard to say what he did has only rid the team of any confidence they may have had and you almost quickly forget about what they did against Newcastle in the league. That's not the talking point anymore. Even if they just lost to Palace by a goal or two, you'd still think, OK, cup aside, they've won in the Premier League. They can use that as a springboard to go to West Ham, try and get something. But this is such a team in a mess. And you're sort of now wondering, can they get themselves out of the mess? Or has Lampard made things even worse? We can only wait and see. But let's stay on Sunday. Jamie, it's Tottenham playing host to Newcastle. As we mentioned, the win-loss chain has finally been broken by Antonio Conte. And now you get the feeling that Spurs almost need to be perfect between now and the end of the season. So with that in mind, what markets tickle your fancy the most this weekend? Yeah, I think Spurs are starting to click a little bit here, um, you know, under Conte as well. So um, actually, I mean, some play, a player that's really impressed me recently has been Dejan Kulusevski. I think he's come in, he's settled in really quickly, made a real quick impression at Spurs. Um, he's got six goal contributions in seven league starts for Spurs. So, you know, a guy that's that's really hit the ground running. So potentially Dejan Kulusevski, anytime goal scorer at around 11 to 5. Uh, I think it's a pretty good shout, actually. As I said, he's just someone who's kind of clicked into that front three really well. Of course, you've got you know Harry Kane in, in fantastic form as well, getting three assists um, against West Ham. So he's a guy who's you know be looking to set up the front, you know, the, either Son or Kulusevski. So I think uh, you know, as I said, Son or Kulusevski, they'll really be licking their lips at the prospect of of playing with a guy like Harry Kane, who's who's just in such great form at the moment. So um, yeah, Dejan Kulusevski, anytime goal scorer for me is is a good shout. Yeah, I really like the sound of that shout. I think, obviously, you could pick Kane and Son, but the value isn't quite there. If you go for the ginger Swede at Tottenham, there might be a nice reward come the end of full time. Talking of rewards, though, James, Newcastle. Their unbeaten run has come to an end. Now, they've lost their last two. Defeats coming in the, well, 89th minute and whatever minute of injury time it was against Everton. They need six points to stay up realistically. Can they get at least one on Sunday? Any chance of pressing your double-chance klaxon here? 
by the way, Dan, ginger swede is a great way to uh, spice up your Sunday roast. But in terms of Newcastle, I do think they'll get those six points over the course of April. But I don't think they'll get any of them here. Spurs have just started to hit a groove, haven't they? Four wins in five. And they've averaged more than three goals a game in that run as well. Newcastle face Norwich, Palace, Wolves and Leicester in the next few weeks. So in the back of their minds, they'll know more winnable games are coming up. So I think that might result in a waning of their resistance a little bit against the Spurs side who are right in the mix for the top four. OK, we may as well go all the way round to Monday Night Football as well. Let's not leave out Palace and Arsenal. James, these two sides played out a one-all draw at the Emirates earlier in the season, one that Arsenal recovered in, what, the last seconds of the game. So could you envisage a similar scoreline this start of the week? Yeah, I wouldn't be too shocked to see something like that. Palace have lost just once in the last 10 games, while Arsenal have tasted defeat in just one of their last seven on the road, and that was against some team in Nottingham in the FA Cup, apparently. But yeah, draw does make sense here, and at 12 to 5, does look like a decent bet. Okay, then, and Jamie, Arsenal are the kings of the half time, full time bet when on the road. It's served them well in recent times. Would you be tempted to plump for this at Selhurst Park? Yeah, look, obviously, obviously in my, uh, I think it was my long shot, I did back a, a Palace Arsenal draw here. So, um, but I think maybe Arsenal kind of getting the win late on or a half time, full time bet of a draw and then Arsenal to win at four to one. I think that's fairly good value. I think this is going to be a, a really tricky game for Arsenal. I think Patrick Vieira, as I mentioned, he'll be wanting to get one over his former side. Of course, you know, they, they got that late draw at the Emirates. Uh, Arsenal, of course, uh, back in October. So the Palace will be wanting to get back back at them. Um, so I think this is going to be a really tough game for them. I think, you know, maybe an Arsenal win could could certainly be boosted with Zaha and, and uh, Michael Elise potentially being big doubts for this one. So, and of course, we've seen the resistance of, of uh, on, on, the, on the case of uh, this being a tricky game for, for Arsenal. You know, we saw Man City, they really struggled at Selhurst Park in, in the last game there. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really close affair. Um, but potentially Arsenal getting a late win would, would be a good shout. Well, it's going to be a fascinating two days of Premier League football because if Tottenham win by two clear goals, they would go into fourth. Arsenal would then start Monday night in fifth. That might be further motivation. It might be something that adds further pressure to them when they go to Selhurst Park. Whether they can get something Crystal Palace, I'm not too sure. Like, I like the sound of the draw. And if it happened, you'd think, well, actually, yeah, like, I wish I'd back that. But I just don't quite have the confidence for the reasons you said, Jamie, in terms of potential injuries as to whether they can actually bloody the nose of Arsenal. It's going to be a great clash regardless, but I just feel Arsenal will probably do the usual half-time, full-time on the road and just edge it, frustratingly, of course, from a Spurs point of view. But it will set up that top four race all the more nicely. Right, where should we go next? Let's take a quick detour with our passports to Serie A now and the Italian title race, which is shaping up rather nicely. James, it looks like the title may be staying at the San Siro. However, does it stay with Inter or head over to Milan? Yeah, results have been poor for Inter in recent weeks, but I don't think they've played all that badly. I think it's just one of those spells at the minute where certain things aren't quite going for them. But on the red side of Milan, meanwhile, things are going right at the perfect time. It's three 1-0 wins on the spin and... They should really pick up maximum points in the next three against Bologna, Torino and Dan Tracy FC, also known as Genoa. <laughs> <laughs> and into Milan, they've got to go to Juventus this weekend. So if you do fancy Milan to pick up the Scudetta this season, then I'd probably recommend backing them now because the price of 11 to 8 is almost certain to shorten by the other side of the weekend. It is all about Genoa. But Jamie, obviously you cannot rule out Napoli from proceedings. Then again, you can't rule out Juventus either. Do you think the old lady of Turin can make a late dash for the Scudetto? They're seven points off the pace, but they're currently unbeaten in 16 Serie R outings. 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's maybe un- slightly unlikely. I think they've left, they've given themselves maybe too much to do. As you said, you know, they are still seven points off the top. I think you've got three sides above them who are all, who are all in really good form. I think for me personally, I'm really liking the look of the consistency of AC Milan. I think they'll probably go on eventually to win the title in my, in my opinion. But I think with Juve's chances, you know, they'll really be determined on the weekend. They've got a massive game against Inter Milan at home. So, um, I think if they kind of any stand any chance of, of winning the title, um, you know, they've got to get a result on the weekend and, and pr- probably even three points. Um, if they can get through that, though, they've, of course, got some some pretty good fixtures coming up. Three of the next four games after the interclash are against sides in the bottom uh, half of the table. So, um, as I said, if they can get through that Inter Milan game, they've got some really nice fixtures coming up then maybe they can look to close the gap. But I think the three sides above them, they're just kind of very consistent at the moment. You know, they're not sides that are losing. Uh, maybe Inter Milan, they're dropping a few points here and there. But I think if you look at AC Milan, as I said, they're just so consistent at the moment. So it's going to be very cl- difficult to close a seven-point gap on them. So um, I think it's unlikely. But as I said, they've got some interesting fixtures coming up. So maybe. Never say never when it comes to Juve. But as you say, Jamie, I think it will be a Milan destination for Scudetto this season. And of course, it is the World Cup draw on Friday, which means we pivot to international football very quickly before we go. James, I'll start with you. Is it England's year? They're, I think, fifth favourites at the moment. What have you got for me in terms of their odds? Uh, I think across the board, they're at sort of 7-1, to 15-2 to sort of ballpark price. But I just I just can't see them getting the job done. They don't seem to have a problem in terms of steamrolling the, the poorer sides. But when push comes to shove in the latter stages of the last couple of tournaments, they've They've been found wanting. It's, of course, Croatia in 2018 and then Italy in the, the final of Euro 2020. I just think when they come up against potentially the likes of Brazil's, your France's, your Argentina's, I think they'll probably come up short. And in terms of potential bet, I quite like the look of. quite like Spain, actually. They're sort of 8-1. to one. I think their, their style of play in terms of tiki-taka football, possession-based football, I think that will serve them really well in Qatar where... Um, where sort of keeping the ball be be paramount in those sort of tough, hot, humid conditions. And I think they'll do really well. They've got some really talented, good, young, up-and-coming players, like of Gavi, the likes of Pedri. And I think if they all sort of come to the boil at the the same time, then I think it'll be difficult to stop them. They had a good Euros as well. They were unfortunate to lose out to Italy in the semi-finals on a penalty shootout. They then went and beat Italy a month or two later in the Nations League. So I think there's plenty to like about the Spaniards this time around. Okay then, and Jamie, Brazil, they are currently favourites to win the 2022 World Cup. Are you confident they can get the job done? Yeah, I mean, look, you can definitely see why. I mean, they've had a fantastic World Cup qualifying campaign. They've won 14 of their 17 matches. They're undefeated as well. You know, they are starting to build a really nice side now as well. I think they've got some, you know, a very well-rounded side of, of players, you know, full of goals. You've got the likes of Lucas Paqueta, who's having a fantastic year in, in Liga. You've got Anthony, of course, a, a real great prospect at, um, at Ajax. And then, of course, you've got Neymar, who's, uh, you know, who's been, I think he's one of the top scorers in South American qualifying. So, um, and then, of course, defensively, they've got lots of nice options as well. Edemir Tao, Marquinhos um, is the is central defence. Midfield, they're packed as well. Fabinho, Bruno Guimaraes as well. So I think, they've, as I said, they're building a really nice team there in Brazil. And uh, qualifying, they've been fantastic. 
Um, so, yeah, I, th- I can definitely kind of see why they are the favourites. Around so five to one to maybe win it as well. So fairly decent value. But I, I really do like the look of the, the South American sides. Another team who I do like as well is Argentina. They've, they're a side who are undefeated in qualifying as well. Of course, they are the South American champions. Um, they're, they're a side that are kind of starting to build a nice team as well. Um, so, you know, they're around 10 to 1 to win the competition. So I think Argentina and Brazil are, are kind of my two favourites to win the competition for sure. OK, then let's focus on the teams that haven't been mentioned. I reckon France, because when you look at Mbappe, I know he's got a wonderful goal in international duty on Wednesday. He just seems to be getting better and better. I think with every fantastic goal he scores, Real Madrid are just sort of wanting him more and more. But if he's in Real Madrid colours, he could be helping France to a second World Cup in a row in just a few months' time. Right, it's time for our final bit of business now. That is the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each and combine it into an acker. Try and go for bets between one to two and evens. And let's see if we can get another combined winner over the line. I'll start this week. I'm going to go for Manchester United. James said he didn't fancy them. I do. I think eight to 15. I don't know. Maybe I just want to watch the world burn. I just think they'll have enough for Leicester. As I say, they've got too many injury niggles that never quite allow them to have a full strength team. I think United will take advantage of that and they'll get over the line at Old Trafford. James, you're next. What have you got for me? Well, there's a huge clash at the bottom of the Championship on Saturday as Barnsley host Reading. It's just one win in ten on the road for the Royals, who have also lost a couple of key players to injuries this week, while Barnsley were unbeaten in five at Oakwell. So I'm going for the Tykes here at odds of 27 to 20. And Jamie, what have you got for me, my friend? Yep, I've gone for Fulham to win away at QPR around seven to uh, seven to ten. I mean, QPR they've been kind of all over the place recently. I mean, they got that you know fantastic win at, at Luton a couple of weeks ago, but they've also lost their last two against Nottingham Forest and obviously that really shocking defeat at home to Peterborough side who are bottom of the Championship. So Fulham they're they're flying at the top. So uh, I think they'll they'll definitely get the win against QPR on uh, Saturday. Best of luck to you all, and of course, if any of those bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. Right, that's the admin out of the way. I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yep, all good. Thank you, Dan. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 